trigger warning. So I just wanted to put it out there because I wanted to be honest with you about this situation because I don't want to, or about this episode. Um, I don't want to trigger something in you that you, um, yeah, I just don't want to trigger something in you. So this episode is Stacy's story of abuse. And she does talk about a friend that lost her life um, because of her boyfriend, her friend's boyfriend, not Stacy's boyfriend. We're going to go into that story. So if that's a trigger for you, if you can't handle to listen to that, then maybe this episode is not for you. Welcome to my party. That's how we do around here. This is Single You, the podcast. I am your host, Rika, and I am an NLP certified life coach and also the founder of Single You Academy. That is my online coaching program. You know what I do? I help the ambitious millennial single woman discover her worth. That means you. So that you, girl, can stop tying your worth and identity to men and stop being a man pleaser. So if you are a woman who is sick of having an unsuccessful single life, if you are sick of the revolving door of dysfunctional relationships, listen, they may have a different name, but it's the same type of relationship. Or you're doing the tug of war back and forth with the same guy and you're sick of that. You want better when it comes to men and setting boundaries, knowing yourself, understanding your worth and what makes a healthy relationship versus an unhealthy relationship. Yeah, I'm willing to bet nobody has ever had that conversation with you. But listen, I'm not here to judge. I have an abusive ex and an ex that cost me $10,000. Yeah, stick around, listen to the podcast enough and you will hear those stories. All right, so you've come to the right place if you need to hear that singleness is not a punishment and that you are worthy regardless of your relationship status. Yeah, I'm a certified life coach, but I will tell you this. I am no expert. I just learned a few things that I would like to teach you as well. You know, as Maya Angelou says, once you learn, you teach. And when you know better, you do better. So now that I'm doing better, I am reaching back out for you, girl. Here's my hand. Grab it. So thank you and welcome. You're in the right place. I got you if you got you. This is Single You, the podcast. Hey, thanks for being here. Now let's go ahead and get into the episode. I love this woman and I have known of her existence for since I was 25. I'm about to be 38 in June. So that's a long time that I have known her. We have not caught up in the longest time, but somehow we met each other back again two, three weeks ago on Clubhouse. And I was like, oh my God, Stacy, I need to have you on my podcast. Like what, what is happening? I need to have you on my podcast. Um, because Stacy has 
a story that will help you as well. So let me go ahead and introduce her and bring her into the room um, as well. But first, I have to give her the grandest introduction. <laughs> Stacey Pates is an international television and podcast host, sideline reporter, author, documentary filmmaker, woman's sports apparel designer. She lives in LA and she writes, girl, I've had three serious relationships in my life and the last one ended in 2010. I thought he was the one and he left me and I still don't know why. Yeah, her journey through that. Also, she's been abstinent, uh, abstinent for over six years, but before she even met that guy, she had been abstinent for 12 years. Oh, we gonna talk about it, okay? I have little, she writes, I have little dating experience overall and I know, I do know what I want and I deserve everything that I want and I will not settle. Stacy Pates, welcome to Single You, <laughs> the podcast live. What up, Hey, girl? Rika. Thank you so much for having me. At two things, your nails look good, and I love you, too. I love I you love so you. much. You're Thank just, you for having me. You're such a strong woman, and you've always been that way to me. You were always somebody that I was like, she is so dope to me. Mm. She is so dope. Um, and so we can talk about how we met um, and, and what you do as your career. And then, of course, we're going to get into the relationship stuff, right? Yeah. But for those of you who don't know, I used to live in Indianapolis. Um, I lived in Indianapolis literally for five years, from 25 to 30, doing radio um, on a radio station there called uh, Radio, I was going to say Power 99.1. Lord, that's the station <laughs> I'm at. <laughs> um, radio Now 100.9. Shout out to all my Indianapolis people. Um, and that's how I met you. And at that time, you were like, you were a sideline reporter, you were on TV, all of that. I don't even know, how did we meet? Was it through well, Scott? I think it was. I think it was through my little brother, Scott, Scott Evans, who is out in LA here now too. He he hosts uh, World of Dance with Jennifer Lopez or for Jennifer Lopez. He's also Access uh, Hollywood. He's their host and he's just... He's all the things. I, I fell in love with him when he was seven years old and he's 32 now. And yeah, Scott, I was gonna say, Scott's a little younger than me. So yeah, yeah, no. yeah. I brought him into my family and adopted him basically. And yeah. yeah, he's he's the love. And I'm so thankful that he introduced me to you. And yeah, I was hosting pregame, halftime, postgame for the Indiana Pacers. And I was doing sideline reporting. And do you remember when we played in the charity basketball game together? I, yes, I still have that jersey. I do too. <laughs> yes, I yes. do too. I do too. That was so much fun, and <laughs> and Scott emceed it, and mm -hmm. my and my brother Matthew played, um, and he got a dunk in that I game. You remember which, that yeah. so much? Like, we were celebrity. It's so we funny. were the like, celebrities. Yeah. Yep. yeah, we were the yeah. celebrities. Yeah, I'm like, so I, I mean, I guess I feel like Beyonce. Sure, I'll be a celebrity. Why not? Sure. Why, Why not? not? Well, Why listen, not? Indy loved you. Indy yeah. loved you, loved, and, yeah. and I'm sure that they love you where you are now too. Yeah, no, I still, some of my best friends still live in um, Indianapolis. So um, Adrian still lives there. My girl, Lori, who's from there, she just moved to Florida though. But yeah, no, in Indianapolis is still like, that was my first full-time radio job. Like, yeah. and I just, I was so, and I was just talking to Rain. Do you remember Rain? 
I do. I was just talking to him yesterday and I was oh. like, dude, we had a good run, man. We so good. good. So we ran good. that city. And what a great city. What a great city to start. You know, you yeah. can get instantly connected. We've got a pro football team, a pro basketball yep. team. I'm born and raised in Indiana. So yeah. I'm obviously in love with that state. I, I won't move back, but I love it. <laughs> right. That's my home. Right. Um, yeah. So that what a great place for you to Girl, to I remember living there and y'all, maybe not you, <laughs> but y'all tried to make me a Colts fan so bad. And I was like, Seattle all day, baby. Go home. Yeah. Like, yeah. Russell Wilson's my quarterback. What are you talking yeah. about? They, yeah. yeah. That's what, listen. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. would just be, it would be like me going somewhere and trying to be converted to another team. I get it. I feel it. Yeah. Yeah. And the Colts is as big to Indianapolis as the Seahawks are to Seattle. So it was like, Absolutely. it was fun when Seattle doesn't play the Colts all the time, not every season, but when right. they did, that was fun. And I believe that we won every time. Okay. All right. Um, so let's get into um, your career, how you got started and why you moved to LA and what you're doing now. Um, because I know you love TD Jakes. You're a Christian as well. You go to church, yeah. you, you, yeah. you have a relationship with God and stuff. And, T.D. Jakes um, said one time in a sermon I was listening to that he finds in his counseling of women, especially women, some men, that women are waiting. Single women wait. They're not living their life. They're just waiting for the guy. They're waiting to do all of the things. Um, and it, they're waiting for that marriage, for that boyfriend, uh, instead of living. And I feel like even though we've had our trials and tribulations, we have lived and you've done so much with your life as a single woman, no kids. Um, and it's beautiful. So as Stacy is sharing her story, just think about that. If you are a single woman watching and listening, you need to start living your life. Mm -hmm. We are not putting on pause for nobody. No, nope. <laughs> nope. um, And I've never been that way. I've never been the person to wait. Um, but yeah, so so start with your career being the sideline reporter. You're on TV. You're doing all of these wonderful things. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I knew at age 15. I'm one of those rare people that when I was 15, I saw Chris Berman on ESPN Sports Center, and I looked at my mom. I'm like, that's what I'm going to do. She's like, all right, baby, do it. And so with her with her endorsement, I feel like I can do anything except yeah. go to space. She will not let me go to space, and that's something. <laughs> I'm going to make sure she watches this back because if yes. I get enough people on board with me, she's like, yeah. she, no, I'm grounded from space. She won't even let me visit NASA. It's, it's not, it's not Why, okay. Mom? It's not Why? okay. She said, I've already done enough. So oh. I'm, I, yeah, yeah. I've jumped out of airplanes. I've driven a race car. She's like, no, you're, you've done enough, not going to space. Yeah. Um, but wow. uh, other than that, I, I get her endorsement on everything. So I knew at 15, Flash forward, I did my internship early. I went to Ball State in Indiana. Uh, David Letterman, is that's where he graduated from. He's also from Indianapolis. And um, just from there, everything just really progressed. And I say to this day, and I will never change my story, that God is the reason. There is no, there is no other possible reason that I should have been on the career track as soon as I was than if it weren't for God's grace and if it weren't for him paving that that way for me because uh, from the town yeah. mm -hmm. i'm sorry what were you gonna say no i was gonna say being from indianapolis and you're a woman oh. trying to break into oh. sports mm -hmm. oh and mm -hmm. i'm i'm from outside of indianapolis i'm from a small town of 750 humans 
750 humans. We don't right? count the cows. Just the we, don't, we don't. We don't. No, because yeah. we're probably outnumbered yeah. by the cows. Right. Um, but so that's why I say like there's no other reason but God. I just yeah. and I I did the work and I and I was uh, I was easy to work with and my attitude was good. But it was him all the way him. And I had my first show on ESPN when I was 19. Um, I, yes, I did my first story and then I was hosting a show on ESPN at 25. And from there it just progressed. I did college football. I did, um, traveled with the NFL for a little while. And then the Pacers came as an opportunity. So I left ESPN, went to Fox and I was the first female and the youngest person to, uh, join the NBA to be host for the pregame halftime and postgame show as well as sideline reporting. So I did all of that for seven years and I loved it. I loved being in my home state, being able, being able to cover basketball, you know, cause basketball is everything in Indianapolis and Indiana in general. And it was just, it was such a great run, such a great ride. And uh, when my contract there came to an end, my brother was already living out in LA and he is my best friend, him and my mom. And he said, he said, you know what? you're ready for a change. I think you should come to LA. Never would have dreamed I would move to Los Angeles. I am way too yeah. simple. I am way too easygoing. <laughs> I, I'm a person of my word. Like I don't fit in here with a lot of folks just because you're I'm not trying to keep up with the, no. Yeah. Mm -mm, no. So before, before we get to the LA story, I want to, um, there's, there's two things that I want to mention. Yep. Um, do you remember, so you mentioned uh, David Letterman being, yep. he went to Ball State and he's from Indianapolis. Were you there when Oprah and David Letterman were at Ball State and they did that interview, like the revealing of no. like the auditorium name? Were you there yet? Okay. No, I was let me, not. Let me tell you about not putting life on pause, right? So I don't know if you know this, but <laughs> I am one of Oprah's illegitimate children. She just I believe it. Know it right? Okay. I believe it. And so obviously I was on the radio at that time. And they only gave like tickets away to like certain people, right? And I don't remember how exactly I got my hands on tickets, but I got my hands on them dang on tickets. Because yes. I was like, what you will not do is have my mother, <laughs> Oprah, down the street from me and I'm not sitting in the audience. That, right. is, that, that will not ever happen. <laughs> so, so no, I definitely was there and I still have the t-shirt t mm. that said like, I saw Oprah and David Letterman or something. Um, so just to be in their presence and I've seen Oprah, um, you know, she used to do those like wellness tours or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think she still will continue. It's just been COVID. But so I've seen her since then, but that was the first time I saw, saw her with my own two eyes being, I just 12 year old Rika was really happy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> was That's really awesome. Happy. I love that. And so now, um, sports and being a woman in this industry, we have a, a little bit more. Um, uh, women as faces of sports. So what do you think it's easier now? So say another 15 year old like you is like, I want to do that. Do you think it's easier now as a woman? I think it depends. I, mm -hmm. I would say um, yes and no. I okay. think it, it might depend on how, how you get your start, how you, the path you take, um, who you know is, is a big piece of it nowadays. And Sadly, what breaks my heart now, looking at many of the, the women on air, so many of them, it's not necessarily what they know, it's how they look. And that disappoints me because um, I just, I, I feel like a lot of people look at the American dream, as they call it, is the blonde and the blue eyed. And to yeah. me, 
you know, to me, of course, there are many beautiful blonde, blue-eyed women out there yeah. and, and on yeah. TV as well. But I just think for someone like myself, I'm I'm Polynesian, Cherokee Indian. Um, it's it should be easier, um, but it just depends. I think right place, right time. I think it's effort. Yeah. I, it's grind. It's grit, and those are some things you can't teach. You can't teach the grind. You can't teach the attitude of just like you not going to miss your mom, Oprah. I'm not going to miss an opportunity and I'm right. going to, I'm going to prove myself. And as a right. woman, I have to prove myself even more, even though I've been in the game for a long time, there's still that underlying um, feeling that you have to, you have to prove yourself because if a man asks a question, one of my biggest pet peeves is the question, how do you feel? Like after a win, how do you feel? If, if, a, if a man asked that question, it wouldn't be thought twice about, right? If a woman yeah. asks that question, they, they're the dumbest girl in the room. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now let's get to going to LA. So your contract was up with the Pacers mm -hmm. and you decided this mid Midwestern. Do, yeah. Does Indianapolis, is that Midwestern? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Midwest. Okay. Yeah. All right. This Midwestern girl is going to LA. How old were you then? I was 37. Yeah. 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 37. So you never lived outside of Indianapolis. Nope. Nope. So to pick up a move at that at that time in my life, and I owned a house near Eagle Creek, right near the yes. the Colts complex. Yeah. And um, I used to sneak and watch and practice because there was a great running trail. So I used to sneak and watch and see what I could see. <laughs> hey. uh, I was hey. all the time. I know that's um, right. I know right? that's right. Well, well, first, okay, about your house. How old were you when you bought your first house? I was twenty nine. And you didn't have a husband, did you? Nope. No man. Exactly. No, man. Um, yeah, it's so funny. I'm like always like either right behind you or we're doing it at the same time. I bought this right. house at 30. Yes. So when I was 30, I bought this house. Yeah. Yeah. It. And I no husband. Yeah. Empty ring finger. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's okay. Cool. Right. Okay. So um, LA. Keep yes. Going. <laughs> yes. So I never imagined myself in LA. You know, I, I've been here many times, love the weather, love the vibe in terms of food, so many places to eat. Like you could eat at a different place. I love food. You could eat at a different place breakfast, lunch, and dinner, 365, and never have to visit the same place. So I love all the options. And of course, the weather and the easiest sell was being near my brother. Um, but it was very difficult moving here. Like two things I really thought would happen. I thought I would have so much more work opportunities by virtue of in LA. And then I also thought I would have an easier time dating and meeting men per capita. There's just more dudes here than there are in Indy. But both were very challenging and one more challenging than the other, the dating piece that we'll get to later. But um, just came out here and just kept grinding, kept kept knowing, you know, kept my 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 vision and alignment and knowing exactly what I wanted to do and picked up little projects here and there. Still did some TNT work covering basketball playoffs and different things like that, but definitely not as consistent as the NBA when I was with the Pacers. That was, yeah. I mean, that's a lot of games. That's over a hundred games a year for seven straight years. So I kind of, I kind of welcomed that break and being able to put the suitcase away instead of having to live out of it. So that was a nice little break. Yeah. So you, <laughs> we talked about this um, on the phone and off air and even in Clubhouse a little bit. Like, I'm like, Stacy is making me sad about moving to a bigger city. <laughs> Cause I'm like, wait, the men don't get better. <laughs> There's more, There's more, but they're not right. necessarily better. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Um, so if you're just tuning in, just so you know, um, Stacy Pates 
uh, is not married, no kids, still single, um, which is okay. And you are living a happily single life um, now. Yes. Um, so let's let's rewind the tape a little bit. Um, when you were younger, um, I think this your first relationship because you wrote that you you know you've only been in three serious ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so that first relationship, I know a little bit of the story, but I only want you to share whatever is comfortable for you. Um, so let's talk about that relationship. And before you even get to that, I just want to know when, before that relationship, how did you learn about relationships? Like, what did you think? Do you remember what your thought process was about relationships at that time? Hmm. I didn't know a lot about them. Um, this was, uh, my, you're right. My first, my first boyfriend, my first everything. Um, and I was a freshman in high school. It was the second semester, sorry, college, freshman in college, second semester. And I ended up spending my pretty much entire college career with him. And I didn't know much about relationships because I really didn't have any. I was a three sport athlete in high school. I, I just knew I wanted to be a good athlete and that I wanted to go to college and I wanted to just focus on my career. So I really didn't think much about it. I mean, there were a couple of guys I was interested in in high school, but other than that, I really couldn't be bothered. And then yeah. I met this guy in college and he was on the football team and, um, you know, it started out great. We had a lot of fun together. And, and I, I think after eight months, I knew that he was not meant to be in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I yeah. had no, I had no experience and other experience that I did have from my childhood, the way he treated me after that eight month mark felt normal. And what I mean mm-hmm. by that is uh, being emotionally and verbally abused which I had had experience with and that seemed normal. And because I was again, so young that I couldn't separate the fact that no, this is not how I knew I shouldn't be treated that way, but I couldn't separate the fact that you can, you can make that boundary and say, no, you're not going to treat me that way. I wasn't there yet. I wasn't there yet. Um, And I, and I'm grateful to say I'm there now. Now it's a whole different story. Now it's like, you said, what? Right. You said what? Excuse me. Bye bye. Yeah. There's, right. Yeah. There's no. There's no second yeah. chances on that because. Yeah. So the 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 way that progressed, it just got. Well, I want I want to pause you right there because I yep. feel like this is a teaching moment right here. I love how like you said that you know your vision for your life was at least in the career and sport in sports arena was that college. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna be this athlete. You had vision. Yeah. But I, f- I find it so, I don't want to say odd or funny or any, I don't know what the word is, but I think it's really sad that we don't have, we're not given and not told that we need to have vision for how we want to be in relationships, right? Because um, I know that I had asked you when you were younger, did anybody tell you about relationships? Do you remember your answer? Um, if not, I can read a little bit of it. it read it for me. I, I, yeah. I I believe I remember some of it, but I know right. obviously writing it down, it was, it, it'll sound better coming. From right. Me. Right. So I always ask every single one of my guests in the questionnaire that I give before the podcast and on the podcast, you know, when you were younger, how did you learn about relationships and did anybody ever have that conversation with you about what makes a healthy relationship versus unhealthy? And you said in my family, 
I have a few examples of strong and lasting marriages, which have blessed me. But when I was younger, my relationship knowledge was based on what I saw in society. And as a woman, we must be married by 30 or we will never have a chance and blah, 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 blah. Like you put it back right? So, mm-hmm. so the vision that we are given is through TV, society, on what they say. So when you're younger and you're in this relationship and you don't realize you're allowed to set a boundary, it's only because you don't know that. And also because, well, I have to be in a relationship because that's what they told me. So I guess since I like this guy, I'm gonna try to work it out with him, not knowing psychology and humanness that people don't change because they want because you want them to. Yes. yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And being from a small town as well, I, I went to high school with girls that had babies by the time they were 18, you know, yeah. married married by 21. Yeah. Um, that was just normal. That was normal. And that was, I knew I didn't want that part for my life, not that right. early, because there was right. just too much I wanted to do. Right. But yeah, I, I, that relationship, my college relationship was very challenging, to yeah. say the least. Yeah. Um, it turned very abusive. Mm-hmm. Um, I was definitely frightened for my life at times. And uh, one of my girlfriends that I'd known since age five was also dating a guy that she got engaged to. Um, she was also at Ball State with me. Uh, we didn't live together, but um, we were we had a plan. She wanted to leave him and I wanted to leave mine. Um, and we thought we could be stronger together to do it. Right. And, um, her story did not end well. She, um, lost her life at the end of a pistol and he took his own as well. So it was a murder suicide. And he also shot another one of our guy friends from high school who was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. And, um, what made me get out of that abusive relationship was the phone call that I got the morning that people were starting to find out that someone was murdered at Ball State by their yeah. boyfriend. And I got the call. And as soon as I picked up the phone, I'll never forget my girlfriend, Heather, as soon as I said, hello, she lost it, lost it. She's And all she said was, oh my God, we thought it was you. And throughout that abusive relationship, I thought I was hiding it. I really thought I was hiding it. I would have bruises on my body. I play basketball. I, I just said, oh, I, I just, I was playing with the guys. I thought I was hiding it, but people yeah. knew. People knew. I hadn't yeah. told a soul and people knew. So that was my wake up call when they said, oh my God, we thought it was you. And it wow. was days later, I called him and thankfully he had already graduated. He was back in a different state. And I called him and I said, we're done. This is not, this is not God's best for me and we're done. And thankfully it was a wrap. Like as soon as it was over, it was over. There was no, I think the, the separation of States helped a lot. Yeah, yeah. And, and there was also no swaying me when I have my mind made up, it's, it's done. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I just want to take a moment. Um, maybe about two seconds just to, you know, rest in peace, your friend. Thank um, you. Because I remember when you told me that story, I was like, Stacey, I have never heard this story before in my life. Yeah. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. It's not one I it's not one I share unless I know it's for a purpose right. to, to save a life or lives. Right. And yeah. yeah. And that's why when I asked you if you wanted to be on the podcast, I was like, listen, mm-hmm. we don't even have to talk about that if you don't want to. 
and you said, no, I'm, I'm, I can share that now. Um, and I know you have shared it before. I know um, after that, um, I don't know if it was months or years later, you even years. shared it years. years later. Yeah. You shared it on like the news or something in Indianapolis, right? Yes. And so, that was, and that was to raise money. I was petrified. Oh my gosh. I was petrified because wow. I was with the Pacers at the time. So I thought, oh my gosh, what are the fans going to think? What are the, what is the organization going to think? Um, but I had, I had to save lives. I was on a mission. There were money needed to be raised for a women's yeah. shelter, women and children's shelter that were uh, victims of abuse, domestic abuse. Isn't that sad that yeah. we have to go, what are they going to think of me because I allowed a guy to yes. abuse me? Yes. Like, what? Like, cause yes. I thought that too, for three months, I didn't, I was like, I am never telling, I'm the dumbest woman in the world. I would never tell anybody this story. Yep. Yep. And that's why I do this, right? Because I'm like, yeah. I, I need to create a space where we are allowed to talk about this. Mm -hmm. And you have, because, you yeah. have, Rika, yeah. created that space. God bless your work. <laughs> this is important work that you're doing. Yeah. I mean, you, you said it right there. God has blessed this. He told me he was going to use my story. And at first I was like, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're not, we not doing that. My parents yeah. will know? Absolutely not. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. So I do want to use this as a teaching moment as well, right? You said eight months in of that relationship that you knew he wasn't for you. What were those signs? What do we need to be watching out for as women? Say another 22-year-old in college is, well, I don't know if you're 22 in college and what, 19 or whatever, but 25, 35 clients who are 41. Mm -hmm. What do we need to hear for us to get out of that. So what were those signs? Trust your instinct is the main thing that I can say. If he calls you out of your name, mm. first of all, come on now, come on. That is, that is not okay. And it, we are all entitled to have a bad day, yeah. but, but to berate or to attack the other human that you say that you love and care about. Mm -mm. And a lot of times those issues don't have to do with you. They have to do with that person, that man Absolutely. Absolutely. In, this, in this situation. But yeah. you're also not meant to save them. You can guide them. You can plant seeds, but you are not meant to be a punching bag. Literally, you're not meant to be a doormat, to be put down, to be talked yeah. to like you're nothing. And those were certain red flags for me, calling me out of my name, um, putting me down, body shaming me. Um, there were, and I've, I've always been very pleasant and, and easy to get along with. And I talk to everybody. I, I don't see a difference in people. Like even when I was with the Pacers, some people used to look at me crazy because I would talk to the janitors the exact same way I would talk to Reggie Miller. I don't care. Like I don't see yeah. the difference. Right. Um, and that's right. how I was raised. Thank you, mama. Um, <laughs> but the, there was one story when I was walking on campus and I'm holding this man's hand and a guy that I went to high school with um, walked by me and I hadn't seen him in a couple of years and he walked by me. I'm holding my man's hand and I say, oh, hi, Dan. You would have thought I just committed adultery in front of this man. Yep. It was the I it was the worst. It was the worst because yeah. just because I said hello to another man. And again, that was a reflection of his insecurity but I was the one attacked for it. I was the one. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 100%. Mm -hmm. um, my friend Desandra Day, um, she says, uh, Stacy is such a soldier and so deserving of all the good things. Thanks for sharing your story. You are. Um, 
and that is a sign right there. I, I want to, that's a teaching moment as well, because my uh, verbally abusive ex and even my $10,000 boyfriend, the jealousy factor, Mm-mm. you, if you were at and I say this a lot now, because I know better now, but those are men who are at war with themselves. Yeah. And that's a moving target. Yes. And yes, that is God's son. Mm-hmm. And, but that doesn't mean that I have to be with him. That's right. That's right. You know? God, God can love him. Yeah. God can love him through it. Yeah. God can guide yeah. him through it. We're not meant yeah. to be martyrs. No. Mm-mm. I'm not here to save you, boo-boo. I, Jesus mm. did that already. That's I'm right. Cool. That's right. That's right. I will love you. Yeah. I will lift you up. But you, yeah. Mm-mm. And yeah. we can't, and we can't be there everything. And that's, Mm-mm. that's another mistake that I made in that relationship because I was young and it, you know what? Age doesn't even matter when we put too much on a man to be our everything, we lose ourselves. Right. And I definitely lost who I was in that relationship. And I vowed after that, that I would not make that mistake again. And I'm so grateful that I didn't, but yeah. it's so easy to, to put everything on a man because you know, he's the closest to us and there's intimacy there. And there's, you know, we, we want to, we can't sit close enough to him on the couch type feeling, but we also, a mistake I also made in that, in that relationship that I have never and will never make again is I lost my girls. Like I didn't, I didn't, I didn't lose them all the way, but I definitely spent more time with him when I could have been with them. And that's, that's another mistake I will never make again. Do not, do not lose the people close to you for anybody, for anybody. I, I, um, who was I talking to on this platform about that? I can't remember, but I felt like I lost so much time with my friends, Mm -hmm. especially when like, when I was in Indianapolis here, I felt isolated already. So that's another story, but, um, I don't know if you remember Ron minor, um, I do. Yeah. DJ. Uh, yeah. Uh, Indiana Jones, rest in peace. Yes, rest in peace. But when I found out that he died, I was like, dude, the amount of party, like he was my dude. He mm-hmm. threw me parties every year. And mm-hmm. the amount of times that I did not go to an event he was doing or whatever, because the boyfriend at that time was so jealous. jealous. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have time for that no more, boo-boo. I don't. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I don't. Yes, you are allowed to ask me questions. Yes, yes. absolutely. Yes. yes. And you're and you're allowed to voice, you know, something's coming up for me. I don't know why yeah. I'm feeling jealous, yeah. but yeah. Some, yeah. something something's happening here. Yeah. Allow me to talk about it. Allow me yeah. to share with you. Allow me to look at you and say, you're my guy. Period. Yeah. End of story. And I can't yeah. wait to introduce you as that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I want to move on to the, um, the LA is the second one, the LA relationship or I was in Indy. I was in in Indy. Indy. Okay. The one from the one from 10 years ago. Yeah. 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 Because I know when we were off air, you said that you felt like you did everything right in that relationship. And so we are going to get into that, but so in the process of healing, well, Mm -hmm. how did you hit, I mean, losing one of your really good friends and, that relationship, what did you do um, to heal, to, to yeah. go through, through that? Cause I know, thank God you had your mom. And like you said, your yeah. brother, you're really close. So I'm sure you yeah. leaned on them a lot. Um, but what are some of the things that you did that maybe somebody else can take away from your story? Like I need to do what Stacy did um, because I've been through something like this. 
Yeah, the the healing process, it, it definitely takes longer to, and I'm still not over her death. Right. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but, you know, getting over him was quite quick, which I appreciated. Um, and I think it was because I already knew he wasn't what God had for me. And I had started already understanding what it meant, what joy really looked like. And when I broke up with him, two amazing things happened. First of all, I told you I did it over the phone. And my, and my brother, I was at my mom's house. My brother was probably 12 at the time. And as soon as I hung up the phone, I walked out of my bedroom door. He'd been listening. I walked out my bedroom door and this little boy's like, yes, like it's about time. Right. It was so great. It was yeah. so great, which was affirmation that I needed. Yeah. Um, and then it's funny, you know, as you go down the line and you tell people that you broke up with them, they're like, thank God, like, I can't believe you're with that guy. And then my first thought is, why didn't you tell me? Why? Did but I probably <laughs> wouldn't. But who knows yeah. if I would have listened, right? right? Who knows? Right. But still, yeah. tell your girls. If you don't like them, tell them and Girl, let them know why. What put, you see. I have put all my friends on notice. Yes, if yes, you yes. see something, hear something, feel weird about Say something, it. you better tell me. Full permission, full permission, <laughs> yes. yep. full permission. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and then, so yeah. And, and the other thing that, that was amazing that happened, like, I just felt like the sun was brighter. I was dressing differently. I felt lighter. Like it was just this heaviness was lifted off of my life. And it really was a heaviness because I let this person go that was bringing me so much pain. He had squashed my joy. He had squashed my self-esteem and just moving through that and recognizing that, no, I'm not those things he called me. I am smart. I am pretty. I do have a nice figure. Like all those things that he told me, I was having to retrain myself because for all those years that I was with him, I was ugly. I was fat. I was stupid. I was, you know, in his words, no one's ever going to love you or want you, you know? So it was like, I, I, I adhered to that because that's all I knew at the time. But once I was able to extract myself from that situation safely, thank God, um, I had to retrain myself. And um, it, it's still a process at times. You know, I, they, they often say that, that bruises um, go away much faster than the emotional scars. And that's true. Mm -hmm. You know, it's yeah. still, a, it's still yeah. a bit of a process. And I would just encourage anyone that's going through this, um, first of all, if you are in an abusive relationship, get out, get help. If you are afraid, there is someone that can help you. You are not alone and you yeah. can get out. Um, that's my first piece of advice and it's important. Yeah. Um, and abuse yeah. is more than just somebody hitting you. Yep. So he can be abusing you, which was my situation, but never hit you. But I think when, right. especially Growing up in the 90s, like there was that attitude of, girl, if he hit me, I'd be gone. Da, 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 as mm -hmm. if that's the only abuse that there is. There's right. so much more. So much more. There's there's yeah. emotional, physical, there's uh, spiritual abuse. Like there's Financial. so, yes, there's yep. so many, so many layers to that. And and don't take anything for granted, you know, yeah. and, and women, women, you're smart. You're smart. And, and trust your instinct, trust that yeah. gut, because that was given to you for a reason and a purpose. Don't ignore that still small voice yeah. and know your worth. And I know this is a big thing that you, that you teach when you coach, know <laughs> your value, know yep. your worth. And I say, yep. know your worth and then add tax. And I'm not talking Indiana tax. I'm talking California tax, the highest tax you can add, add tax to that value. 
and you're still not even going to be close enough to the value that you really have. And there it is. Yep. And we have to believe that. Yeah. We yeah. have to believe that. Yeah. It starts Period. with us. It starts and ends yep. with us. We do. We have to. Period. Yeah. Okay. So we meet this, this, this other guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we disappeared. Yeah. Well, not disappeared, but he, he, he kind of did. He kind of did. Well, he kind of did. So yeah. let's get into that story. I'll give you the short version. Yeah. Um, and this one still sticks in, in my, in my heart. Um, I'm over him for sure, but, um, the not knowing piece. We met through one of my best guy friends. Um, my mom and his mom were best friends. So, um, it was his best friend at the time. And it was kind of in a way, not love at first sight, but it was definitely like, Oh, okay. I see you. And it usually takes a lot for me to, to be like, Oh, okay. Um, but he was, you know, physically attractive and then we hung out and it was so much fun and he made me laugh and it was great. And, I did feel like for the first time in my life, I was doing everything right. I didn't let my insecurities get the better of me um, because that's the thing. When my vulnerability would be exposed, then my insecurities would be heightened, right? Um, things that I'd gone through in the past would start to bubble up again. And I feel like with him, I, I, I didn't make those mistakes. I was able to temper those thoughts and, and recognize, no, that's just me. That's not anything he just did or said. That's just me. I need to work on that, still grow through that. Um, and I did that work. And one day he was looking at rings. Um, and the next day he dipped, he came home, he came to my house. Um, and he just said, we need to talk those dreadful words. We need to talk. And I had no, I had no, uh, I was blindsided. I genuinely had no idea. We didn't argue. There was nothing that had happened. There was nothing. Um, and I had known that they were going to go look at rings because my best guy friend at the time had told me. Um, and then, yeah, the next thing I know, he he says those dreadful words. And um, I'm like, OK. And he says, we have nothing in common. This is never going to work out. And I was so shocked that I didn't even ask more questions. I'm just I, I asked a couple. I'm like, well, what do you mean? And he just like, we have nothing in common. This will never work out. And I, I was dumbfounded, completely shocked. Wow. Yeah. And to this day, I have my I have my ideas. And I never asked my best guy friend at the time because I didn't yeah. want to put him in the middle. Um, and I have my assumptions of what it could have been. But who knows? Who knows? So I want to sit there for a second because mm -hmm. when he says that, right, so he's at your house or, mm -hmm. yeah. okay, and then he leaves. Mm-hmm. Did you ever send him the dissertation text, letter, phone? Because you know how in those moments, we as women, we want closure. Yeah. We want to know the why, right? Yeah. Um, and I know that it sucks to not know the why, mm -hmm. but I believe that the why is in the ego. Mm -hmm. Because we're like, how dare you? Yeah. How, do you know who I am? Like, I, like especially if you, if you believe that that was the, the best of you that you gave. And, yes. Yeah. You know. He even, he even told me, he's like, I've never yeah. been treated this good in my life. You treat me like a million bucks. Like he even told me that. And that felt great to hear. That's why I think this was all his own insecurities that I wish he could have talked to me about. I wish right. we could have gotten to the bottom of, but again, I can't, I can't teach you to love me if you don't love you. Yeah. And right. And that was that was something I wasn't meant to take on that role. And as much yeah. as it hurt, when I tell you I did not get out of bed for three days, 
I did not get out of bed for three days. My mom had, my mom had to come lay with me so I could fall asleep. Like it was, I was crushed. Yeah. Crushed. Yeah. Yeah. So then were you able, so, and and that's okay. Cause I don't want, um, I know people are like, Rika, you're so strong. You're so independent. Mm -hmm. You're so da, 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 da. But you can go through the process. You have to go through the process. Exactly. That's why I'm Mm -hmm. like, yes, get it out. You know what I mean? But there has to be a moment where you're like, all right, get up. Rika, get up. Get up. Yep. So what was that moment for you? Were you able to just be like, okay, I don't know why, but Mm -hmm. I need to move on from this. Yeah. Um, well, to answer your first question, I apologize. I kind of glazed over that. So um, to I, not getting an answer, of course, was very hard. And there was no dissertation text. There was no, hey, can you please just tell me why? The only thing I was concerned about at that time, because his mind was made up and I was not going to chase him or try to convince him. I know that's right. Right. I mean, I, listen, I was not going to chase him or convince him. Here's the thing. I know what I bring to the table, so I am not going to beg for you to give me a seat at all. No, no. And if you, and if you don't think I belong at the table, I'm going to bring a folding chair. So just be okay with that. Cause I will squeeze in, but um, I, I'm Steve Urkel in that moment. He would, always, he would always be like, I don't have to take this anymore. I'm going home. Like, I'm I, I don't, home. Okay. You don't like yeah. me. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, the only thing I was concerned about was he was on my cell phone plan. So I'm like, Oh heck no. Like I'm not going to continue to no, no. So that was the only thing I did. I sent him a text and I said, just so you know, I've called the phone company. You need to handle your business because you will be cut off. That's right. I mean, listen, and it wasn't it wasn't a vindictive thing. It was just like, hey, get off my plan. You're not my man. So it was like that. Make a t-shirt that rhymes. I know that would be a good t-shirt. Put it on a pillow. Put it on a pillow. I put it on what exactly? Because how many of us do that? Do you know how many oh. cell phone plans I done been on with a boyfriend? What was that, I was, that was my only one. That was my first and my last. Yes. Girl, I had the two, the abusive eggs and the $10,000 boyfriend. Lord. Uh, but I like that. Get off my plan. You ain't my man. That's right. That's exactly right. And then um, to, to answer your second question, you know, after three days and I had some wonderful friends. Oh, my God. Along with my mom, I had some wonderful friends and a girlfriend of mine. Um, her sons both played baseball. And she had come over to my house and she's like, I know you haven't eaten. So she gave me some crackers. She gave me some water. She's like, listen, your nephews have baseball games. Just come outside with me. Just yeah. come to the game. Just get eat, some vitamin eat. D, boo-boo. Yeah. 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 And I, and I was very stoic and I didn't, I was definitely wasn't myself. Um, but I sat there and I watched the game and I was so grateful. I will always be indebted to her for getting me up out of the house um, but I needed to go that pro- go through that process. I need to grieve. I can't just run um, on to the next thing. I have to allow myself to grieve because then that really allows me to detach and and to let go. So and that is this is not my philosophy, but I hate when people say and listen. Y'all can live your life the way you want to live. I'm just saying it's probably not the best. But I hate when people say the way to get over one man is to get under another. Yep, yep, yep. I've heard that many times. I can't do it. Mm-mm. It's not my thing. To me, that's to me that's adding trouble to already brokenness. I can't. Mm-mm. So you just putting a, a band aid over because I would be yeah. concerned if if say we were uh, really close at that time and I was your friend. I'm glad she did that. But I would yes. be concerned yeah. if you weren't crying for three days after yeah. this. 
you know what I mean? After a week, yeah. I'm gonna be like, all right, now this we done. <laughs> yeah. You know. Oh yeah. <laughs> let's get the journals out. And let's start praying and let's whatever. Yeah. Um, but I again, like I said, I don't want anybody to think that I am somebody who was like, don't have feelings, girl, just cut him off. Oh, oh, yeah. But there's a place for that. There's definitely a place for that. Yes. But what but for for this for the learning lesson in this moment is that you accept even though you didn't know the why mm -hmm. you accepted it yeah cried mm -hmm. moved on that's right that's right <laughs> i just i because there are some women who are like well how do i need to find out or i just need to know or i just yeah. i remember when my um my ten thousand dollar boyfriend it's so funny that we have the similar threads Mm -hmm. And really, this is all my guests, especially the women that I have on here. There, there are so many similar threads to our stories. In this house right here, my couch is right here. My little $10,000 boyfriend came over and told me that he was still in love with his ex and that I had it two together. Oh. And at that time, that was after my abusive ex. So I was like you because I felt the same. I gave, uh -huh. I, I'm confused. Right, right. I have, it, I, I have it two together and that's an issue for you. Uh-huh. For a man who ain't got it together. Yes. Right. Because I made him look at himself in the mirror because yes. I was just like you. I felt like I was so good in that relationship. Mm -hmm. I knew how to open up. I knew how to be vulnerable. I was trying to, and that's where I messed up, trying to get him to be vulnerable. Um, but yeah, he said that and I was like, okay, when you leaving? Because mm. you at my house. Mm -hmm. and so I have it two together. Bye. Exactly. And yes, it hurt, girl. And even yeah. I think I posted this on Instagram the other day. It's been now almost three years. But even now, I'm like, how can somebody do? It makes me angry if I think about it too much. Like I'm over him for sure. Mm -hmm. But it just it, it it I I so that's why I get it when women are like, I just need to know why. But I always just try to teach. Um, that you just got to move on. It's a choice, yeah. sweetheart. You have yeah. to make that choice. Yeah, you have to. You yeah. Have to. And you will be a better woman for it, like mm -hmm. you said, if you're not chasing after him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because, because the likelihood of you getting the answer that you want is not going to be good enough anyway, you know, and, and what, yeah. what would it serve if, I got the answer and he, and he said, well, you're just, you're too X, Y, Z. And it wasn't nice. You know, what's that going to serve? Then I carry that for the rest of my life. It's not going to be good because the fact is he left you and you didn't want him to. That's, so it doesn't that's matter. Exactly what right. That's it, exactly right. It could be, I hate myself. I, I'm too insecure. Like even if yeah. a guy tells you I'm too insecure, so I don't want you to date me. Sometimes we try to still stay. For well, sure. Him, I can do. Oh yeah. So it I doesn't just need to I just need to love you harder. I need to love you better. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. So let's talk about, um, there's a couple of things. Okay. Where do I want to go next? Cause you, you got some good stuff. I know we still <laughs> need to talk about your book and your, um, clothing line that's coming out, but before we get to your book and the clothing line, um, look, my aunt Latanya said he doesn't even know why <laughs> exactly. And we Thank over here asking him why he like, I don't know. Thank you, Auntie. Exactly. Exactly. Um, okay, so let's go to your celibacy journey mm -hmm. um, because that's something I talk about a lot on this uh, platform. 
Um, I'm celibate as well, two and uh, I can't two two and a half years almost. Um, how has your journey been? How long has it been, and why? When did you make that decision? Mm -hmm. I've had two massive uh, journeys uh, journeys of celibacy, and the first one was um, after my college boyfriend, um, because that was something else that I had realized. Had I never been intimate with him, I truly believe I would not have stayed for three and a half years. Because Girl, it's blinding. It's blinding. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. Yep. and when you have that yep. connection, it just changes everything. Um, so I was abstinent for 12 years after that relationship. And 12 mm. years, I know some people are like, just fell off their sofas. Um, but <laughs> 12 years. <laughs> 12 years. And I was in my prime. Like I was yeah. in my 20s and 30s. Really, yeah, yeah. Ooh, but, but the thing is, two things were going on. First of all, I was so just tunnel visioned into my career. I was not going to let anything or anyone derail me. Yeah. Um, so it was easy not to worry about that. And it was also easy because I had no interest in anybody. I hadn't met anybody worth a darn. There was no temptation. There was none of that. I didn't have to worry about it. So to me, it was like, God's like, I'm gonna make this real easy for you. I'm gonna give you lots of work and I'm gonna give you no temptation. So I'm yeah. like, thank you. So that's how I was able to do 12 years. Um, and, and at this point, I'm about six and a half years in um, to this round of, of celibacy. And um, I actually had one of my pastors tell me um, at a certain point, you're a, a born again virgin. And I'm like, I'll take that. Like, especially in my 12 year journey, I'm like, okay, I'll take that. Cause I really wish I could take that back from, from the college boyfriend. Um, to give that to my husband. So, um, but yeah, I'm six and a half years into this um, journey of celibacy and same, same concept. I, I'm not interested in anybody. I haven't met anybody. Um, I feel like, I feel like my dating pool has pee in it right now. Um, so, <laughs> Especially living in LA. I'm like, is it harder or easier in LA? It's That's terrible. Like easier. It's harder. Yeah. People are so flaky here. They, yeah. they have no desire to follow through. I've tried a couple of dating apps and it's like, they're happy with just texting you. They have no, you know, no follow through. I just, yeah. I need a real man. I want to be courted. I want to be, um, again, I just want a real man. I like the yeah. old school thinking and, and that kind of thing. And it's hard to find these days. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So it makes the journey of celibacy easier than, especially in LA when you're like, well, this is absolutely the options. I'm good. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I have no problem. Yeah. I have no problem. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's how I feel here in the Tri-Cities. I'm like, yeah. well, when I moved to Arizona, Lord, we, we go to <clears throat> All right, Lord, <laughs> I'll have to learn karate. Um, yeah. I feel like the devil is definitely going to try to tempt me. Like, oh, well, you said this, but right. yeah. there's a guy on a platter. So I'm definitely oh, yeah. going to have um, to, to watch myself. Now, do you have rules um, around your journey of celibacy? Like, are guys allowed to come to your house? What are kind of your rules in the dating world out there in L.A.? It's been so long. Like I really haven't even, I've gone out on a few dates out here. Um, but no, no, no guys have come to my house. Um, I may let someone pick me up. I'm trying to think there was one gentleman that I date. I didn't date him, but we went out on a few dates. I really enjoyed his company. Um, I let him pick me up, but never come in the house. Um, yeah. Cause my, my underwear is here. I don't want to let somebody come into my house. That's, that's too, it's too important. That's too, 
private. Yeah, it's she gonna take. <laughs> my underwear is here. So you can't yeah. come in. Underwear no. lives here. This is where the underwear resides. Yeah, no, it's too private right now. I don't know you like that. <laughs> oh my God. I love it. I love it. Um, okay. So I asked you in the questionnaire, what was your uh, personal philosophy on dating uh, and relationships college years? And what's the philosophy now? Do you remember what you, uh, what you wrote? I can read it to you and then yeah, you read it to me. Yeah. Okay. Read it to me. So you said that years ago, you thought that relationships would be perfect. And oh yeah. Fight. Yeah, mm -hmm. yep. mm -hmm. um, because we will love each other so much, so we won't fight. Now you realize there is o that's only in Hollywood chick flicks. Do you want to continue that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, when I was thinking, I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah just the I, I, those words really came out of my mouth. Um, I'm just like, oh, we're never gonna fight. We're just gonna be in bliss. No, honey, no. That was that was that was oh, little sweet. that was little that was little sweet. Um, yep. Hopeful, Stacy. Yeah. Um, I do not believe in perfection, and I do not believe in perfect relationships. But I yeah. do believe in strong ones, yeah. and I and I believe communication is key. One of my favorite things when I meet couples that have been together for 40, 50, 60 plus years, my first question is, "Why do y'all stay together so yeah. happily and joyfully? Like, what is it? What's your why?" And and they say the communication. The communication is key. And yeah. I believe that. And I, I spent a lot of years um, in and out of relationships, not using my voice enough and not speaking my truth enough. I would set yeah. boundaries. Yeah, I would set boundaries. But when it came to because I didn't want to I didn't want to sound insecure. I didn't want to sound yeah. needy. But you know what? No, I get to. Well, use we don't want to be mean. We're like, oh, yeah, you have to be nice. I'm a girl. I'm supposed that's to right. be nice or that's mean. That's right. That's right. But we get to use our voice. We yeah. we have a voice. We get to use our voice. It's important to use our voice. And and heated discussions, I think, are important. You know, if if you and your mate don't see eye to eye on something, good. Have a conversation about it. Like mm -hmm. take each other take each other to to round three on that yeah. conversation. Yeah. Um, but you can still do that in a very loving, respectful way, even if you don't agree you can still find common ground to say, okay, you know what? I respect where you are. I'm in a different yeah. place, but I respect where you are. Yeah. And, and that's something that I've really grown into as well. Um, and that's what I appreciate about my singleness is because all of this time, um, not being in relationship, just getting to really understand what it looks like, what it feels like, what it sounds like to use my voice, to mm -hmm. step into my power, to step into my femininity um, and, and not have anybody to answer to. I'm ready to put all of this into practice with, yeah. the, with a great guy. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I, I'm really grateful though for the singleness for that reason. I just, I love how you said, I'm ready to put this into practice. I feel like that's where I am now this year. Mm -hmm. Last year, I definitely, 2019 and 2020, I de especially 2020, come on. I definitely was like, I am not dating, I'm cool. Mm -hmm. um, but that, my excitement around moving is not only yeah. do I get to move, I get to be in a forever summer, but it's that too. Like, I wanna be able to practice these skills that I have now honed and am yeah. teaching. Um, which is also why I don't call myself a dating coach. I'm a self-love coach and a boundaries coach um, because we have to get that together first and mm -hmm. we have to own our voice so we can speak up um, when something's awry uh, in a relationship. Yeah. 
but I, I like how you said that. Like, I, I want to put into practice what I've been learning. Yeah. Um, I, I want to go back because I think this is a teaching moment as well. I, I know <laughs> that there is a bucket of unhealthiness in arguing. There's a lot of unhealthiness over here. But like you said, we are going to have confrontation. I mean, it's just nothing is perfect, right? Mm -hmm. And so there is a bucket of healthiness. And I know you're not in a marriage right now, and neither am I, but, but I'm wondering if you have defined that for yourself. What would be unhealthy for you if you did get into a disagreement with said boyfriend or whatever? What would be completely off limits, unhealthy, he's not for, for, for you? Where is that line? Because I think I know because I see these comments, questions I get, Facebook groups I'm in with women asking all these questions about, well, what if my man does this? Is this okay or is this not okay? Mm. So for you, where is that line? Because this could be a teaching moment. Mm -hmm. One of my triggers is feeling like I'm not heard, like I'm not listened to. That's a huge trigger for me. Um, it's a loaded question only because every relationship is different. Every man is different. Uh, every approach is different. Um, I think it goes back to communication. You know, if, if, if it's a situation, there's a lot to be said for not going to bed angry because I won't sleep. Like if we, if we have an argument or something's not feeling right or sitting right, I won't sleep. The men can fall straight asleep, which drives me insane. Um, and then they snore like they're bragging. It's not okay. Um, but the <laughs> but, what I, but what I love is the notion that you can arrive at common ground in the best way possible through communication. No, the voice does not need to be raised. Um, interruptions are going to happen because, you know, people are so excited about what they're going to say next, or they're so passionate about what they're going to say next. So there's grace there, but at the same time, let each other finish their sentences, hold space. My brother talks about this a lot, holding space. Cause he's a, he's a coach as well. He coaches, um, people through their childhood trauma and he's so gifted and so, oh, yeah. so, oh, he's so talented. Yeah. Um, his name's Matthew Pates. If, uh, anyone ever if you need any help in the, in the trauma area, he's, he's brilliant at what he does. And um, holding space for people is, is so crucial. And this goes into any relationship holding space. And for whatever reason, whatever the argument may be, whatever that unhealthy stuff is in the bucket, I say, turn that bucket upside down and find a way to get it into the healthy side. And in some of those ways to get it to the healthy side, the healthy bucket is again, just allowing each other to speak their mind, holding mm -hmm. space. Even if you don't agree, even if it's hurting your feelings, hold space, let them get it out and then ask them, where does that come from? Or why do you feel that way? Um, let's use, let's use the term neglect. That's just the first one that came up to me, up for me. Um, if your man says I'm feeling neglected and I don't want to talk to you right now, well, hold on a second. What makes you, how, how have I made you feel neglected? Cause that is certainly not my intention. Tell me, give me an example, please. Because if I did that, I don't want to repeat that. You know, at least you're hearing them, you're listening to them. And then hopefully, given that approach, he'll be able to go into it more and then you can get to the bottom of it. And that's just a slim example because there's so many different right. ways that that could go. Right. Mm -hmm. right. 
right that yeah. we we are not going to get get to and look and we've done gone, we've gone over an hour already with <laughs> happens on every podcast i swear i'm like yeah it'll just be an hour and then it ends wow. up being like an hour and 25 but I what that. i will say on that is i love how you said holding space shout out to matthew i need mm -hmm. to follow him I haven't you should him. oh you'll love yeah. him yes yes, yes. yes. um but the holding space, right? So I felt like in, especially my abusive relationship, anytime I would like question him or be like, I don't, you know, there would be the dismissal of your feelings, of my feelings. Like, oh, you're yeah. stupid to think that basically. He may not have said it in those words, but that's gaslighting, right? So yep. you, as we said earlier, you are allowed to bring up something if you're feeling uncomfortable. If you, like if my abusive ex would just, tell me why and ask questions more than a dictatorship. Yeah. That's, that to me is emotional intelligence. Like, yo, I'm feeling this way. And so, um, and I, and I just feel like the, the, the tone of voice as well. Yes. He I would always be up here. Yeah. yeah. I don't do tone. Girl, let me tell you about my attitude now. Mm -hmm. Who are you talking to? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're like, you're like looking behind you. Like, I know yeah. that's not. Is yeah. he, is is he talking to me? Cause I don't. Yeah. This this ain't the old Rika. Don't let my old the old way that I used to yeah. maneuver through relationships confuse you. Cause yeah. you about to get messed up. <laughs> <laughs> like, um. So okay, let's end it on. I asked you um, on the questionnaire, um, and I this is one of the last questions that I always ask: Is what lesson do you want my listeners to walk away with? Um, did we miss anything? Is there anything that you want to say uh, about relationships or something that younger Stacy needed to hear mm. that maybe somebody else needs to hear right now, whether she's 25, 35, 55? The best day of your life will be the day that you recognize and own the fact that you are more than enough for you. And when you're more than enough for you and you own that and you walk in that, girl, you have so much to offer this world and, and it's, it's magnetic. And when you know that you're enough for you, you can't help but bring in the good that, that you deserve. Self-awareness is your superpower. Mm. Yes. Mm. Like that's what I heard. Like, yep. Mm. Yep, self-awareness yeah. is, is an important thing. I love it. So now let's talk about your book and I'm gonna okay. pull up your website as well. Um, so, because the, I, I have to end it on that. Like, that was <laughs> okay, so your book, which I didn't even know you had a book until <laughs> last week, um, but you said it came out in January, so I'm not super late, but I will be buying it. Oh, um, thank you. But what is your book about? And how can we find it? Is it on your website? Because I'm also going to pull up your web website as well. It might be on the website now um, under books. I, I had my my guy that runs my website add that, but I have a copy right here. Um, it's called Blocked. Oh, Yay. And it is uh, an unobstructed dating narrative about the undesirable. It's a comedy. Oh, um, it is. Yeah, it's a, a compilation. I started this back in 2017, and it's a compilation of stories that I've gathered from 
a lot of girlfriends and guy friends over the years from all over the globe. Just crazy, hilarious, silly dating stories. And it's just really a lot of fun. And it just brings light to the dating idea, you know, because it can be exhausting. It could be it could be hurtful at times. And this book is just it's just a play on, you know, part of dating is is being hopeful. And the other part is having a glass of wine or a whole bottle and laughing at some stories that you may relate to. And right. there's some there's some really good ones in here. Um, but you can find it. it's on Amazon worldwide. Um, I'm told it's a little tougher to find by the title blocked. Um, but if you search my name uh, and it's it's spelled P-A-E-T-Z, okay. uh, that you might be able to find it a little bit easier. But yeah, it's just again, it's just a fun, silly story that I put together. Yeah. And then something that I'm going to let you and your and your listeners, viewers know, no one else is privy to this until you right now. Hey. Um, on the book, um, you'll, you'll see it's uh, it's made like an iPhone. So it's called blocked and you have the, the decline. Uh, and then I put nope. <laughs> Because nope, we're not even going to talk. Not even going to go there. Because yeah. I block. Because I block a lot of guys. Because I don't play, and it's one of those yeah. things. So that's why it's called block. But then up here, I intentionally put four twenty-three p.m. and four twenty-three is from Proverbs four twenty-three, and it's above all things, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. And and that is so valuable um, that we have to we have to guard our heart, and we're called to guard our heart. We can be open. We can be open, but you got to be guarded a little bit. Yeah. Yes. I love it. Okay. And then <laughs> what are you um, in LA? Obviously, I know you're working. What are you working on now? Uh, this weekend, uh, I'll begin traveling for Major League Rugby. Um, and it's on CBS and Fox. And I just started covering rugby in 2018. And I absolutely love it. The culture uh, is incredible. Um, these men will be pounding each other's heads into the dirt all day long and then go have beer together and call each other brother. Like it's the coolest yeah. thing. And PS working in rugby also has made me realize that I really would love to marry a man with an accent, like English, hey. right? Australian, South African, you know, cause yeah. even though, even though we're trying to grow the sport in the U S a lot of these athletes are from Fiji. They're from South Africa. They're from, you know, all over the world. So it's, it's really special. And, I've been treated so well, you know, this, again, this culture is just so different. The way they, the way they treat women, the way they treat each other, the way yeah. it's just a very elevated professional league, which I really love. Well, there you have it, Stacey. Shalanda says, <laughs> Shalanda writes, I am more than enough for myself. That is now my new mantra. So yes. thank you for that. Yes. Um, thank you so much for being open to sharing your story. Mm, thanks for as having you know, me. Yeah, as you know, you never know who is going to hear your story. You know, I, I believe that we all have assignments. Mm -hmm. um, we just don't know who they are, right? And we are supposed to, that's why God wants us to share with one another. And it could be your voice over mine even that gets a woman to leave a situation, to heal from a situation or never be in this type of situation. Um, so thank you. Thank you for being on single you, the podcast, Stacey. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me. And more importantly, thank you for the work you do. Your heart is so big and beautiful. I don't know how you walk around with a heart made of gold and diamonds, <laughs> but thank you. Thank you for the work you do because you are saving lives and you're loving on these women that, that, uh, 
are getting to see themselves in a new way. Consider me your homegirl in your head. Again, it's Rika. And if you need to reach out to me, listen, don't hesitate. It's not going to be weird on Twitter and on Instagram. I am just me, Rika. That's R-E-K-A. And I'm going to put my Twitter, Instagram, and email in the show notes, okay? You can also join me over in my private Facebook group titled Singleness is Not a Punishment. I mean, come on, who am I? (laughs) You know my tagline? That's my private Facebook group. The link will also be in the show notes. Now, if I said something that resonated with you and really helped you, please share this podcast with a friend because sharing is caring and you shouldn't be sitting on all this good information. So share it with your homegirl, okay? Or your homeboy. (laughs) Please do that. Also, don't forget to subscribe and then you'll be the first to know when new episodes drop every Wednesday and Thursday. And if you have time, can you do me a favor? It'll help me out as a small business owner and a podcaster. Will you leave a rating on this episode? All you got to do is say that you liked it or you can even type out what you took away from this episode. It really helps me and keeps me going, providing free content for you. So thank you so much for doing that. Production, my intro was made by one of the greats in production land. His name is James Tyler. Thank you for my intro. And he used Beyonce's single ladies, Sorry Not Sorry by Demi Lovato. He used Dua Lipa, her song, New Rules, and also Truth Hurts by Lizzo. All right, that's all I got for you this episode. We will talk again on the next one. 